0: Welcome to the Big Kids Book Club, a podcast about all things fictional from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I'm your host. And joining me on the show today, I have the author of Fallout and the recently released Gut Feelings, C.G. Moore. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. It's very welcome to have you. Obviously, as your, your author name is C.G. Moore, but uh, Chris, uh, it's really nice to have you here. When we get to know our authors for the first time, what we like to do is just sort of dig into sort of how they became authors, a little bit about their journey and such. So I was wondering if you want to give us a little touching point on how you got started to being an author and how you got to where you are now.
1: Um, so I remember writing uh, stories when I was about seven or eight, kind of like Frankenstein, basically, rip <laughs> um, So I always remember... like wanting to create stories it was the only part of English that I actually liked Um, so I went to university and I did English and again I was writing stories and originally I was reading the Da Vinci Code and I was like I can do better I mean realistically I don't know if I can but I also think it's a terrible book but that's another conversation (laughs) so I started writing a thriller and I just wasn't my thing Um, so I wrote a supernatural story so basically I was writing for about 10 years probably about seven years before I actually wrote Fallout and I wrote Fallout and Gut feelings simultaneously, simultaneously before I actually had an agent or a publisher or anything like that. So yeah, I guess I just kept writing. I think when you write your first book, you have to kind of keep writing. And that's what Gut Feelings was. It was just like having that time to experiment and explore and I had two books down when I went to get published which is yeah. quite exciting.
0: It is very exciting and obviously it shows that dedication because I know a lot of people they do sit there and they say you know if you want to be a writer you've just got to sit down and write so uh, we'll have a look at um, Fallout first. So Fallout came out in 2020 and Fallout is sort of like a, a very much a sort of powerful novel about the stigmas and the prejudices that are still going on in the LGBTQ plus community even though today we obviously think a lot more of you know, it's easier to possibly uh, come out and, you know, be accepted, but there's still a real big barrier for many kids. So I wondered where that sort of that powerful story, the inspiration behind it came.
1: Um, It was based on my own. Like, so Fallout was a story where I fictionalised a lot of it. um, And I knew I wanted to blow up a car. (laughs) I wanted the bully to get their just desserts. Um, But I I feel like for me, it was very much based on my own emotional journey um, and, I was bullied at school, I was punched at school, I had pencil pairings and rubber shavings dropped in my hair and I'd have people going, you've got dandruff and obviously I'd be self-conscious about that, be running my hands through my hair and it, you know, I'd be like, obviously I can see the dandruff because I was quite conscious about that. But then someone had to put rubbers, rubber shavings in my hair, which was quite intense. And I guess like one of the things I set out to do was I wanted, I didn't want to write a coming out story. And I feel like I kind of start at the first page, him coming out which kind of went against what I wanted to do but I feel it's very much coming of age more so than coming out and I feel like kind of writing at 27 and putting myself like having that lens to look back at my own life and experience and know that it gets better I wanted to kind of look at the prejudices look at the hardships the fears the anxiety the sadness that you know LGBTQ people experience because they do get it a lot more difficult than than sort of their heterosexual counterparts and I wanted to kind of portray that in the book but with a lot of hope as well
0: yes and there is a lot of hope in there and underneath that I mean you mentioned there the, the sort of the the sort of grittiness to it and I think you know it doesn't it's definitely a book that doesn't pull its punches uh, you know there are some really sort of tough points to it but uh, exceptionally you need to almost see that sort of like that lowest point and sort of see the sort of the paradigm shift between, uh, you know, it does get better. It does, you know, ultimately have a a happy ending in its, in regard, but um, that Cal really sort of has to go through some trials. And I wonder, uh, you know, is is Cal, as you mentioned there, a lot of the experiences were sort of on your own experiences, but was Cal uh, just sort of yourself personified and sort of uh, adapted, or is this more sort of as Cal people you've met in the past or amalgamated?
1: He was definitely like parts of me. Um, originally the book was supposed to be called the extra, the League of Extraordinary Exes, but um, it wasn't really a league, and I felt like I was just losing the story. And it was about sort of like me talking about disaster dates that I'd been on. And although funny and entertaining for me, just it wasn't a book. Um, And I realized quite quickly on when you start writing something and you know you're going in the wrong direction, you just have to stop and cut the five or ten thousand words that you've done and come back to it. And it'll feel right when you write it or at least you'll be writing the story you want to tell. And that was for me, I had to kind of figure that out. I was just trying to write it. But yeah, Kyle was very much a part of me. And I was quite a kind of hopeless romantic and wanted to see the best in people. And just I just wanted to be loved. But I feel like a lot of people that are in love or want love don't always love themselves. And I feel like that presents a lot of problems because if you're not, if you have any sort of insecurities about yourself, you take that into a relationship and and that, you know, it's just better to kind of, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to love yourself to be in a relationship, but I'm just saying everyone should love themselves, you know, or should accept themselves for who they are.
0: Yeah, beautiful message and such a simple one, but it's often sometimes quite difficult to to find it sort of like presented uh, in such a way. So uh, uh, using that as a sort of segue um, about sort of loving yourself, I I want to step into the latest book, which came out uh, January this year. And that's Gut Feelings. And um, minus the punch, uh, the the, the pun intended, it had a heck of a gut punch when I started reading this because it is it is very brutally honest and I wondered if you want to talk to me a little bit about why you came to the decision to sort of write the book
1: so um I think I always wanted a to talk about my illness. I think when I grew up um, I didn't even know how to pronounce my illness <laughs> um, and I didn't really understand what it was and when I was explaining it to people because I didn't really understand it was explaining something and instead of being able to sum it up and I never really could sum it up because it was such an emotional, such a mental and psychological journey as well as a physical one. So when people would ask me like about my this, you know i i couldn't i couldn't give them the answers they wanted and uh, i was going through i was in a job and it was really toxic and i left it and i'd realized that i was i was going basically emigrating to canada i wanted to move to canada for a bit and that was great but before that my friend took me to ambleside and we had no phone reception really or nothing and it was just like It was it's kind of like lockdown actually (laughs) it was just like you didn't really have anything unless you're at the hotel you didn't have wi-fi or anything and it was just lovely and it gave me time to think and i think everything just dislodged and i knew i had to be told in verse and then when telling the story i was like i got to a part where i wanted to tell it in it's three parts so about my diagnosis as a child the treatment that i went through and then the aftermath but the aftermath was what got me the most because i was talking to my mom about my experiences and i remember her saying Um, oh have you put in about when the priest came up to see you and I was like oh yeah (laughs) so just for the listeners there's a I I mean the priest came up to my bed and I thought he was performing final rites I literally thought when I saw him I saw like a Grin Reaper sort of ghostly shadowy figure uh, and I thought I literally thought I was dying Uh, but I was on morphine so my mind was kind of everywhere and I, I can look back at it and laugh now but if you're ever in that experience you don't really laugh at the time <laughs> you actually don't really know where you are at the time and then yeah the treatment uh, sorry the aftermath then was quite intense because it was very much around like sexuality sexual relationships family uh and embarrassment and fears and things that I've never really wanted to say to people and they're reading that and they're reading my vulnerability. And it's like how, when people tell me they love the book, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I'm glad you like it, but you also, do you know what I mean? It's kind of a weird one because it's my life. It's a bit weird. Where's the fallout? I'm like, yeah, great. But wait, good feelings. I'm like, I I get emotional even talking about it. (laughs) And I can talk, (laughs) as you've just learned.
0: (laughs) I could 100% uh, see how you'd get emotionally invested in it because it is very powerful. And I think actually you've hinted just briefly about it there is the fact that it's written in first, I think almost delivers it in more of a way sort of stepping away from a sort of like a sort of biography and actually because the first and the poetry behind it can actually create so much more sort of like symbolism and stuff like that. I know you mentioned there being on like the sort of morphine and stuff. And there's, there's often parts when you're, you know, you talking about your treatment and of course it started at a young age. It was about 11, wasn't it? Like you, you started first finding out and you're going through quite a transformative period of your life you know your teenage years with this and so obviously was it uh, an obvious decision to you when you first started to think about this that it was going to be in verse rather than trying to put it into
1: prose um so the first yeah, so the first verse novel I ever read was Sarah Crossan's one and although I do like one I loved The Weight of Water and I loved Sarah Crossan's writing when she just writes kind of really those small moments where almost like there's not a gunshot going off or anything. It's just those small human moments and she does them so well and captures so much and so little. And that really hit me. But I was never really great at poetry at school and no one ever really believed in me and I didn't believe in myself. So how could I write something like that? But as soon as I, like, as soon as the talk entered, it was almost like, you know, when um you know like a a flash of lightning happens in the storm you don't know when there's going to be a storm like there could be a storm two weeks from now a month from now you don't know where it's there but when it hits it hits and you don't actually know even sometimes what's triggered it necessarily although with storms we geologically and geographically speaking we probably know but but with this we we don't and it was just I just had the idea and I just I knew so when I went down to write it it all flowed into section two. And then it was section three that I had the difficulty with because I was like writing it, but in a way that was very clinical and distant. Like you could tell that it was distant. There was no emotion. And a friend at the time um, who also uh, did edit the final draft said to me, you're so distant. Like there's no, like where's the vulnerability? Like, and, you know, he'd say like, okay, like tell me, tell me about, he'd ask me questions and he'd say like, tell me about this incident here. Like, how did they make you feel? What was going through your head? And and did you think about family? Did you, and and that really pulled it out of me. And I was able to like, really, I felt really, really sad writing it. So he made me almost cry, but I suppose he contributed to the book. <laughs> His tears on the page. Pretty sure there probably is in the design as well somewhere.
0: <laughs> it's a beautifully designed book. The way the, the verse is sort of like outlaid as well, where you have, it's the subtle things, like the ones where you're like on morphine and like, the whole page is like blurry or the fact is, you know, when you're obviously the emotions running off the page are quite uh, somber and you're, you're obviously quite uh, depressed, you can feel that. And the, the, the sort of the, the language sort of draws itself down towards the bottom of the page. It's been very beautifully sort of put together, not just the words, but also the presentation. Um, I wonder how much you worked with um, UCLan, who is its publishers, to sort of like put this uh not as just like words on a page and sort of poems on a page but actually as a a full sort of like deep dive into the emotional and sort of like i guess um vulnerable side of what it's like to have such an illness
1: so Hazel at UCLan was my uh, publisher, and Hazel's been brilliant even when I've been a bit of a diva. <laughs> Sorry, Hazel. Um, so I said to her, you know, I I wanted to publish it with her, and I really wanted to. I really wanted to bring it out early twenty twenty one because obviously World Cancer Day, Bell Cancer Awareness Month. I've been kind of speaking and working with the Irish Cancer Society, and I just wanted to make sure that the representation was there. And in terms of the cover, um, so they got Becky Shilcott to do the cover. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know, not sure how I feel. And she actually put the cover on like, so she has this image of a bookshelf and she put it there to show me what it would look like next to sort of other like popular YA books. And I was like, even at the side, it stands out on the spine. And I was like, I'm sold because it, it it's simple, but it's really effective. And then the pages. So the pages were an interesting one. Initially, I thought it was going to look like, so for example, I thought there was going to be like, it was going to be like stylistic in terms of like typography. I thought that like, if there was like, for example, the plop, plop, plop in the poem about my uh, sort of ileostomy bag and my stoma, I thought that it would be multiple P's, multiple L's, multiple O's, multiple P's shaping that actual plop rather than, having the bag, and all these incredible effects, so I remember the first thing that Becky said, I'll try and wrap this up, but um, oh. I remember that Becky said to me, I loved the book, found it really insightful, you know, um, I wanted to make sure I got the cover right, so I showed it to friends, and you know, um, I, I really, like, she she kind of got it, and she was really touched, and and felt really grateful to have read the story, but I felt grateful to have someone who is one of the best in the industry and when I saw it and I read it for the first time I was just like whoa like there was I mean this poem's like love and sex is particularly my favorite poem in it probably but like with cocktail when you had the words going over each other and you know the um I think it's oh I want to say it's tops and turvy is the name of the poem but the jigsaw puzzle pieces which is just there was just so much there I was completely blown away and it was Jake Hope my editor who liaised I worked to get all the feedback um which is great because I think I needed to distance myself I could be quite like I am one of my hab, one of my worst habits is I'm really quite controlling like in my life I'm like I like to know what I'm doing I like to know where I be I like to know what I'm gonna eat I like to know like I'm a baker as well so when I bake it's like boom 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 like it's real like everything's there clean and you know, I'm a little bit like I I I couldn't be involved, you know. Too many, too many bakers baking a cake and we all know what happens. We've seen bake off.
0: <laughs> but it has come out absolutely fantastic. And I wondered actually, just sort of touching on that point, obviously showing it to other people, that reception, obviously, it's been out now uh for a couple of months. So I was wondering it's like how obviously you said earlier how you're sort of conflicted when someone says they love the book, because obviously you're like thank you. You love my most vulnerable moments and stuff. And there is some really like really deep, meaningful things. I mean, one thing that really strikes me is obviously you go through the illness and then you get to the sort of, like you said, the, the aftermath, sort of the last third of the book and you start understanding about like trying to deal with uh, this and your, your coming sexuality. You tell your mom and she locks herself away for like a day and you're having to deal with that. And I can imagine, only imagine sort of trying to show this to someone and feeling their reception back and trying to, deal with it so i wondered how how the reception has been and and how this is has sort of made you i don't know maybe influenced you
1: in sort of like future works so i'm very like i know what i'm gonna write and i knew what i was gonna i said what i was gonna write next but i knew what i was going to write in the next four to five years before i'd written uh like before i'd published Got feelings like because i've got so many ideas and there's different ways that i want to approach things that are completely different i guess In terms of like gut feelings and the reaction to it, it's so I had somebody. I've had a lot of people contacting me with chronic illness, and they just say like, I don't have the same thing as you, but I have the same issues you face. People don't see me. They don't see a wheelchair. And even when you think about like toilets, there's men's, women, sometimes gender gender neutral or unisex, and then there's disabled, and it's a it's a wheelchair. We associate from a very early age. The wheelchair symbol with being disabled, means. so when we think of that as the only form of disabled, and there's some other ones that we might see, like we might see a sign for someone that's you know blind, but those really big disabilities, which I'm not saying they're not important, but invisible illness affects people and people could be going through cancer and you wouldn't know, and that's important to recognize that we need to have empathy but there was one uh, there was two people in particular, so there was one person and she told me my son needs to have a test uh, and he won't go and get it done he just feels as a man he shouldn't he's 20 and i just thought she said i'm gonna give him the book to read i want him to see your journey because i think it will actually help him and i just felt like how do you not feel emotional because it's one thing to say like thank you for this book i really enjoyed it and another one for someone to say it's actually going to help like bring a different perspective to somebody who might have to go through this or might not want to get tested and then the other one was in the Manchester um evening news um I put out my story in all its sort of detail in an interview and somebody contacted the journalist and just said look you know um just wanted to let Chris uh, know that I have been on a similar journey and I felt like I was never going to be loved and I found love and you know um even in my darkest moments my my partner was there and we have a child and i was just like wow that to me like someone connecting with my story means more to me than someone like than selling ten thousand copies of the book i know i have to sell a lot because of my publisher but sorry hazel <laughs> um, but it, it does mean more to me if it, it kind of validates my experience more than my art
0: yeah absolutely I- i'm glad to hear that i really am and it's Quite positive to also hear that you already have a couple of other ideas. So let's latch on to that now. And what can we expect from you as an author in the future?
1: So, with the support of my little writing circle at the moment, because I've stalled work on book three. But um, so, I'm I, there's two that I'm kind of working on. And um, the first one is set in Texas in a little town called Sequin, um, where it's like really conservative. Um and you've got it kind of follows the this point of view of two different boys, two different sexualities, and it it looks at kind of secrets and blackmail. And I don't really want to go too much into it because it's something that I have not seen done before particularly in YA. I can't believe anyone's never thought of it to do it either, to be honest. But anyway, I don't want to say too much about it because if I write it, someone steals the idea and writes it a lot quicker than I am, which God knows when <laughs> this will be written. I don't want to, I, I don't want to give myself that anxiety of trying to write it today. <laughs> um the second one is kind of looks at witches. So I kind of wanted to play on the idea of like Good and evil, I'm just obsessed with this idea of like, can you be totally good or can you be totally bad? and I guess in some ways it's not dissimilar to which stories that have come before, but I guess I really want to look at the ideas of like memory in there as well, like how we tell events and how different narrators further down the line contradict each other and 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 what that means that's something I'm fascinated with is when you get multiple perspectives and they kind of undercut each other or they don't align and as a reader jolts I mean you have to kind of go what. What's happening you know
0: yes lots of different people who can you trust or oh, yes i, I like a, that like the sound of that obviously we'll keep uh we'll keep quiet on the whole front i do like the idea of like having a, a small town usa and there's sort of, like the dark secrets and foreboding and the sort of mystery element to it which is you know witches are always good i think supernatural books always have a place so we can look forward to, to those sort of ideas bubbling away and hopefully in the not too distant future
1: no, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I can't, I can't tell you so much about the, about the other book, but I will say that like I wrote a scene that kind of just made me laugh where this boy is trying to win back his girlfriend and he's playing Katy Perry fireworks, it's a favourite song, and he lets off all these fireworks and essentially burns down the family shed and then kind of runs away and doesn't know what to do, which I just, I love those scenes of like, just stupidity where you think you're doing something really romantic I love the idea of taking romanticism and being like going OTT and then it completely backfiring quite literally it just fascinates me and I like that idea of like playing humor playing the darkness off with humor so that you actually like I guess it's more like fallout than it is like gut feelings it's more character driven
0: okay well there you go something to look forward to but looking forward we have come towards the end of today's interview Uh, but we're not going to go anywhere until we give you lucky listeners the chance to win a copy of that brand new book we've been having a good old chat about gut feelings if you want to be in a chance of winning it you have to go over to twitter and find us at big kids book club all one long lovely word and as we always do we want to get you involved so uh, this week's sort of like uh, quiz question get involved is. We want you to hit us up with a tweet with a hashtag feelings comp or one word feelings comp. And obviously, the book talks so much about uh, support and sort of like always, like you said, loving yourself and stuff. But um, there's a lot of sort of leaning on. I think like talking to you about your your mum and sort of like your relationship with your dad. So I just want to really use it as a, a shout out as an opportunity for people to shout someone who's very important in. your life so all you lovely listeners if you want to be in a chance of winning all you have to do is just use that hashtag feelings comp and uh also sort of at us with someone who is special to you you know it could be a family member it could be a friend it's it could be someone who's just helped you out in in a dark time but um we want to give it a chance that tell us who is a special somebody in your life and you could be in a chance of winning this amazing book how does that sound chris
1: that sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm going to be like trawling through the, the hashtag now uh, and putting off writing books. I'll probably make croissants or something on the side.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that is all we have time for. Chris, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's flown by. <laughs> it hasn't it just, but I'm not going to let you go quite <laughs> yet. Sugar and caffeine will do
0: Yes. Uh, I'm not going to let you go quite yet because I want to uh, let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you more. So do you want to just quickly drop us with some social media and some, maybe some website links?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's uh, Y-A-Fictionados. So F-I-C-T-I-O-N-A-D-O-S. <laughs> Might need to play that one back again. But yeah, Y-A-Fictionados or if you type in CG more and fall out of good feelings. It'll come up with my books, my website. Uh, My website is a bit easier, actually. It's (laughs) cgmore.net.
0: Nice and easy. And you can find us if you want to get in touch with us, obviously on Twitter at Big Kids Book Club, where you can find out more about today's awesome competition also check us out on wednesdays where we do our midweek book reviews uh, and also our monthly book club chat well that's all the time we've got for so uh, until next time all i have to say is thank you lovely listeners for sticking around with us we'll be back next time and until then you've got to just take care to stay safe and most importantly keep on reading